Lives of Fork. I'm Jess. And I'm Nina. And we're roaming the world, exploring food and the stories behind it. Enjoy! So we're on our way to meet Matt Naylor in Lincolnshire. Uh, Matt is a flower farmer and he grows around 100 million flowers every year for the UK supermarkets. And um, yeah, we wanted to go and see Matt because he has been practicing something called mindfulness, which you might or might not know about. It's essentially a technique of... um, I guess becoming more aware isn't it yeah. you know, of your own mental state and how yeah. you're thinking and um, how you can kind of control your your thoughts a little bit more so that generally you approach life in a more relaxed way so we wanted to go and see how that is helping Matt with his life and with the pressures of the job yeah and we think it's really interesting it's quite I thought it was quite unusual to come across a farmer who's interested in this um you know kind of got some preconceptions about the kind of people who would be interested in mindfulness and farming wasn't part of that mm. um but then the more we started to think about it we did sort of think well actually maybe it does make sense because farming is at, is i mean it's a high pressure job for various reasons you've got all these different pressures coming from things like supermarkets you've got the pressure of the um unpredictable weather um and then the nature of the job itself you know you're often on your own all day i don't think people realize that it can be quite isolating um, and mental health in farming is, is is an issue isn't it it's a big issue and it's also very like you know normally the farming community is quite a conservative sort of community and it's you know a whole bunch of guys as well who don't know how to talk about how they feel <laughs> often you know and people are starting to talk about it more but it's still definitely yeah. something that is that is very much an issue definitely so, yeah. yeah so we want to hear from Matt how mindfulness has helped him in his in his personal life and in his professional life and what it can offer farming communities and also you know hopefully we'll hear how it can and benefit anybody so I think that's the idea it's it's becoming you know talking about your your you know how you're feeling and mental health and, and well-being is becoming it's becoming more acceptable so we, we hope to hear more about that Right, so what have we got here, Matt? Uh, well, this field is, on the left of us, is a field of larkspur, and there's about 20 people there cropping that, so that's a type of delphinium, and to our right, there's some gladioli. Nice. Lovely. Where will these be, where will these be going? Where are they ending uh, up? The larkspur's going into various bouquets, so mm-hmm. you'd find that in uh, British supermarkets. Um, I think that today we're making a mixed bouquet for the co-op. Um, gladioli will be heading to the co-op as well. Uh, so these pink flowers, they're the... That's the larkspur. They're lovely, they're aren't really they? Nice. They're kind yeah. of really tall. They're like a kind of, I don't know how you describe them really. A real just traditional. Like really summer British flowers, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Looks like an English garden. Yeah, it does. They're absolutely gorgeous. They're kind of swaying in the breeze. So Matt, could you tell us in your own words what um, what is mindfulness and in your sort of interpretation of it? What are we talking about here? Well, I'm not an expert, um, but because my route to this was I started doing yoga because I was getting fat, and then you find lots of that has mindfulness and things wrapped up in it, um, and I did kind of enjoy that meditation-y bit at the end. But for me, it just means taking 
a step back from your life and just looking what's really going on yeah so it's kind of like an awareness would you say what what kind of what's the feeling when you're sort of in that moment of mindfulness what are you what's the sort of sensation there well I'm not brilliant at it because I tend to so you're trying to focus on your breathing uh-huh. and the sounds you can hear and just being a bit outside of your body but then you think oh crikey the car needs a service next Tuesday <laughs> and then you think no breathe and then you breathe mm-hmm. and then you suddenly think crikey that yogurt's going to be out of date soon in the <laughs> fridge and then you and your mind and you're constantly thinking don't worry about that <gasps> yeah. and and so that's kind of the practice of trying to step back from all of the chatter that preoccupies. So what's the, what would you say is the overall aim of mindfulness? What are you trying to achieve with it? Oh, I feel like an expert in this now. I feel like I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm not. I mean, I'm just someone who's tried to do it. What's the aim of it? To make sure that when you do then encounter an, a situation that makes you anxious, something at work where somebody's in a shitty mood and shouting at you or where a machine's broken and you've got to get a job done um that you can go oh my god well you know sooner or later we'll you know there'll there'll be other problems and this won't be a problem so it's, it's about trying to not allow that to get you to a stage where you're in a complete stress yeah how do you sort of practice it what are the actual sort of practicalities i've never really tried it myself so is it sort of a, a routine that you have in the day or, or is it part of your yoga routine? How does that work? Well, I, I, actually, I go to a couple of... Well, there are two yoga classes a week in the local village, in a village hall. Sometimes I'm the only bloke. Sometimes it's just a load of farting old ladies. Um, but, it's, but there's this re- relaxation bit at the end and it's all quite calming. So maybe that... But sometimes it'll be going out for a cup of coffee on a in the morning with your breakfast and listening to the birds sing and just having a moment. It's not. I don't sit there with my legs crossed chanting. But no. some people do, and that's really helpful for them. So how how many sunflowers have we got here, Matt? Do you think? Uh, in this field, this is six hectares, so it's going to be half a million, something like that. With it being so dry, very dry, um, is how deep these roots have gone down this year. Gosh, oh, that hasn't that's just pulled them up. Yeah, but the, but the, the tap oh, roots have oh, yeah. really gone, gone down, so we've got gone straight phenomenal. down, haven't they? Yeah. It, do you say that's because it's been because dry? Because it's been dry. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, sometimes, you know, in dry conditions, you mm. can get fantastic rooting. What was happening in your life at the time to make you kind of choose to do that? What kind of prompted it? Oh, uh, I suppose. Well, I think that my probably in my early twenties, I was quite. I did have quite a stressful period and I had a patch of depression which was was never completely debilitating but was sometimes pretty grim so I think that I, I learned how to cope with that but I wanted to get to a phase where I felt I owned my life a bit more. So a way of taking back control a little bit? Yeah I suppose but actually I don't I don't sound like a yogi this isn't something that was you know, it, do, it doesn't feel like that. It was something that sort of crept in a bit. And what was it like before you were doing mindfulness? How, how has it changed you as a person? 
could you sort of tell us a little bit about how you approach life differently now or how you feel feel different at all uh i was really stressed when i was younger i was very i was very stressy really quite highly strung uh, in conversations i would just chat incessantly without making eye contact i still do that quite a bit because i get like big ideas and get excited but i don't I didn't used to really connect with the people around me. And I think that stopping and breathing and thinking about the conversation as a two-way thing is better. Um, you said before when we've talked about this that you now feel quite different and separate to those people that maybe you knew before you started doing mindfulness. What, what do you kind of mean by that? Um, I think in farming when you grow up there's an expectation that you will be a particular kind of person that you're going to grow up kill pheasants obviously <laughs> drive a massive combine or a four-wheel drive marry a girl called jessica who likes horses stuff like that that's kind of what you do isn't it she has an audi estate and you have a black labrador and a border terrier and and i feel like i'm denigrating lots of my friends because they're like that and i do love them but I wasn't really like that uh, and so I kind of had to work out I thought well actually I don't want that but I had to work out what I did want mm. does that answer that? yeah no definitely it's a yeah, way of expressing yourself a little bit more and that yeah kind of and thing, working yeah. that out but I think the big story of really that for me was growing up without a role model because a lot of people grow up and they think, wow, I want to be like that person. But for me, that there wasn't that person. There wasn't that, you know, cool, successful gay man who lived in the countryside. So do you think part of mindfulness, is it about kind of centering yourself a little bit and sort of feeling more sure of yourself in that way? I, sp- I mean, I don't want to pretend that I'm like super calm and brilliant at living my life or anything or really grounded it's a it's just a practice something that i suppose that you that you return to when you need it at the moment i'm really you know i'm really happy in my life and and so i don't feel too much in need of any of that stuff but i think that when you have any stresses or difficulty that's when for me it's a time to return to focusing on what I eat, what I think, you know, and what I do. Yeah, most people are too busy for this stuff, but that's kind of when you ought to be well, embracing definitely. it. I don't think you should downplay it at all because, you know, have it's it's like you say, it's, it's taking care of yourself. People are really bothered at the moment about physical fitness and healthy eating and, you know, but having a healthy mental state and, and looking after your mental health is part of that and it is becoming more of that conversation i just wonder that maybe farming is a little bit a little bit slower on the uptake to to take that on mm. well it's think? interesting that you say that because i think that is true about fitness people are interested mm, in it definitely. but if you're not careful then what we all do is you wake up in the morning i'm guilty of this massively get up in the morning oh i'm tired i need caffeine and then i've <laughs> yeah. never smoked but then some people are like oh now i need nicotine and then you oh now i'm tired i need sugar and then it's now I need the endor. I'm going to go for a run because I need endorphins. And then you get home and you think, well, I'm knackered. I'm going to drink a bottle of red wine and then 
you know, go to sleep. And you're all the time depending upon stimuli to keep you going. Mm. And it, it, yeah, that, so that's so it's uppers and downers. And I, I, maybe if you can, I don't know, but I do, yeah, I'm not saying that I'm immune from that. I've got a glass of wine in my hand now, and I, I started the day with a very strong cup of coffee. So that's how we live, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think it's a good point, though, because a lot of us do rely on those. Um, stimuli whether that's you know caffeine and, and drinks or you know social media I guess for a lot of people mm. that kind of like addiction to some kind of external you know whatever it is to give you that buzz or keep mm. you going but if you can get that from from within I suppose that's much more you know healthy and it makes you makes you feel better is it quite hard to do I mean I you know something like meditation it's always bit, strikes me as something really difficult because you have to really like control your mind and that just goes off on, on tangents, doesn't it? Is mindfulness something that you have to sort of practice to become better at and, and how do you do that? Well, there is all that. I mean, there's all the, the really shitty kind of embarrassing stuff of the chakras and touching bits of your body and going on and, you, you know, and that's there and that some people find that really useful. But for me, sometimes it's just... It can be as much as being in an environment where you think, oh, that person's behaving like such a wanker. I'm just going to go outside for a little bit and listen to the birds singing or sitting and listening to running water or just kind of grounding or just feeling the earth under your feet. Take your shoes off and feel the ground and think, oh, that's, you know, that's but not being caught up in the emotion of what's going on, the drama and the noise and the speed of what's going on around you, perhaps. Kind of calming yourself, isn't it? Having that ability mm. to yourself. But I've done, I mean, in this comment, I feel like a bit of a guru here. So we're now entering a field of gladioli. It's always pretty ambitious. It wasn't, we were, just weren't making enough money from an arable in you know, a hundred acres of arable for me to think about buying a house and a posh car and all of the things that you want when you're <laughs> young and ambitious. Daffodils were a big, uh, yeah, would be one of our biggest by volume. So How many did you grow? 60 million stems perhaps, something like that, of daffodils. You do run a very large business. It must be quite stressful at times. And um, farming in general can be very stressful. And there's a high, um, you know, a high risk of like mental health problems mm. and suicide and things like that. How do you think? Um, how do you think mindfulness kind of plays into that? And how how could it maybe help um, more farmers more? Do you think? Well, it's the big irony that people who live in the most beautiful bits of the country with the most fresh air and the most beautiful light and sounds are not enjoying it. They're walking about in a stress, you know, moaning about things. Um, and a lot of what they've got would be really useful to people who live in cities. So I suppose that people taking an appreciation of that, because what people often don't get is the, the, the things that they get for free on a farm. So I think people appreciating that might be a compensation for when things are not as profitable. Mm. And do you, what do you, uh, I guess, yeah, have you got a message in, in terms of, for, for everybody, what, do you, what benefits do you think mindfulness can bring to your life? How would you sum that up? Farmer or not. Yeah. 
it does I would just say that sometimes it looks a bit tragic that some people are not appreciating the good bits of their life because they're so focused on the expectation that that they have I think a lot of farmers uh, grow up you know required to do stuff by their parents or by their society around them and I think it's really sad that because of that they can't really enjoy the journey to get there well that's nice I mean that's so mindfulness is a way to help you enjoy your journey rather than the just the destination I guess yeah yeah Mm. I think that's it I think that everything is not about getting Mm. what you get it's about how you get it yeah I think that's a good message it applies to everybody you've been listening to Who Gives a Fork brought to you by me Nina and me Jez keep listening as we travel the world and visit farms plantations and food producers see you next time